Welcome to the Movie Babies episode 35. I'm Devin. I'm Sean. We're a trailer review podcast. We'll be talking some Marvel and DC superhero comic book movie trailers today. Oh, you know it's a themed episode. It's been a little while since we... No, that's not true. We do this almost every week now. We do this all the time. I love it. (laughs) Transitioning out of our horror Halloween spooky trailer... To something that's... Spooky in a different way. Spooky because we just can't get away from the ghosts of these goddamn comic book movies. We brought an, a resident local expert on comic oh, books yeah. this time around. Mr. Neil McLaughlin is here to set us straight on some of our uh, our superhero facts, tips. And we solve it, Sean. We solve the dilemma of how to make these movies actually worth watching. Not just the movies, the comic book industry as a whole. Yeah. We so, just solve all of it. It's a long episode. We talk a lot. We go on a lot of tangents. But the saving grace is somewhere in the middle there, you're going to hear the answers, the solutions to these problems that us nerds have been having our whole lives. And who better to answer those than the movie babies? We Precisely. solved racism. We solved sexism. Yeah. And now the only thing left was comic, comic book books. So with that, let's just jump straight to the show. Boom. First trailer, The Justice League. And Thor Ragnarok. Suit up. The world remains in mourning after the death of Superman. Violence, acts of war, and terrorism are all on the rise. I had a dream. It was the end of the world. I think it's something more. Something darker. We're asking people we don't know to risk their lives. Strong man as strong as alone. You ever heard that? That's not a saying. That's the opposite of what the saying is. We are not enough. The world needs Superman. I made him a promise. This is why I brought you together. Intro battle. Justice League. There is no justice. Just us. Just us, Lee. Just, just please leave. <laughs> just ask another director to come finish this for me, please. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna talk about this ridiculous. What is happening outside? There is like a jamboree <laughs> outside. A one man jamboree, just singing and dancing. It's. But anyway. is that a weirder choice of music than the music we got in these two trailers? <laughs> That's a great point. Let's talk about that in a second. If we can, really quickly, introduce... We've got a guest who was long time in the making of a Movie Babies episode. We've kind of been talking about, like, oh, man, we need to do... We need to kind of save the right trailers to have this this guest come on, and I think we finally got the two that are going to make the most sense. Local comedian, comic advocate, 
<laughs> is that a title? Yeah, that works. Uh, ice cream slinger, uh, uh, yeah. record slinger. I know you with many, many titles to your name. I got uh, a railroad face. <laughs> For those of you that don't know, Railroad Avenue is like the threshold of Bellingham, and I've worked up and down that spot. You're More than a streetwalker. You yeah. be working on the rail. Oh my god, I never made that connection. There it is. Oh. Theme song. Thank you, Devin. Neil McLaughlin is here. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for Thank coming. You Thanks for, for having me. setting us straight for all these these superhero trailers that we're gonna dive into today and get a lot of facts wrong that we need to check with you. <laughs> Neil, uh, what's your history with comics? Oh jeez. Uh, well, I used to get beat up a lot and I girls didn't really pay attention to me, so I just kind of fell into the fantasy worlds of books and movies and video games and comic books seem to be the best thing mm-hmm. for in my entertainment world. I love the fact that when you read comics, you kind of create your own dialogue like the voices come through by your own thoughts and the soundtracks that you kind of put there like oh in this moment I'd be listening to this or this would be this and it just I don't know it's with my imaginative brain Mm -hmm. comic books kind of play out like a movie before it hits film right so I, I I really dive into it I really like the character development I love the fact that every single month there's a cliffhanger yeah and it just like grabs you by the balls and you're just like damn it ah, I gotta wait 30 <laughs> days for this does that now that we're in an age of Netflix throws a whole season of something at you all at once and you can do it all at once does that feel like you wish your storytelling still had that kind of like parse it out kind of feeling or are you kind of now like comic books are frustrating because you're like I'm used to getting everything at once yeah it was basically as soon as like superhero movies came about it was like yes finally I can get my friends who won't read this comic book to love this character and we can fall Mm -hmm. in love with it together and through the movie I'll get them to read the comics and then we'll have long dark discussions into the night but Stranger Things is definitely the opposite of that. Like, you know, House of Cards definitely plays like you could watch it once a week, but the fact is, is that why would you do that if you got the whole graphic novel in your hand? Yeah. Do not make me go on my comic book rant. (laughs) I think that's what we want you to do. Right, That's why we're here. So you don't like the issue to issue. I don't props to everyone who owns a comic shop, because I can't imagine, like, making that work, like, in this day and age, streaming, digital, one issue is like what five dollars? Yeah, yeah. The latest Thor issue it's was five ha- bucks. Oh, really? Yeah. Not a full story. Sometimes because they're rushing them out. Oh they're yeah. They're like, we have a deadline. You got to have that out. Like sometimes the art and writing is very hit and miss. Interesting. Okay. There's like twelve different Batman stories. <laughs> so even if you were like, yeah, I want to get into this. Where do I start? It was like, well, good luck. So I've always wanted to be a big comic book fan, but because of these reasons, it's like I, it's so intimidating and it's so expensive that I'm like, I can't do it. And so I always do the big graphic novels, mm-hmm. just a collection of the story. Mm. So I don't know why they need to like, you know, I don't have all the details, but they need, there needs to be a shift where they just like, if they just started making graphic novels of like, here's a completed story, or at least like, Here's season one of Justice League. It's one book. Mm-hmm. I would be into it. And that's the thing is that a lot of people are talking about that. And they're saying that with the digital era that we're in right now, why do we need month-to-month issues yes. that are going up in, in price and losing advertisers and independent uh, comic book companies like I- Image Comics don't use advertising in their books. Mm-hmm. And it's straight 32 pages of comics. But they don't really make a profit like Marvel and DC do because they're not selling off advertising space. 
but Marvel and DC are also, they're not losing money in their sales because they really never made money off of comic books. They make money off the marketing of the characters. That's okay. insane. I know. It's like, I know. why are you still doing right? that? Right, <laughs> Especially now where it's like, okay, you have the MCU. Uh-huh. You're trying to have the DCU. These fans who are seeing these movies, they're going to want to, like, make that jump to the comic books, but there's not an easy route for them to take. I'm actually going to college for that right now. Uh, so what? Uh, so, Are you going uh, to comic book college? <laughs> kind of. Is that like clown college? It's right above clown okay, college. Okay. I, I have to take an elevator, so I'm a little bit more you know, civic-minded. Oh, those elevators, too. There's like 20 clowns in those things. They just keep coming. So uh, I got my degree, uh, I got my associate's degree at Whatcom Community College in visual mm. communication, which is basically just a fancy way of saying I'm a graphic designer. And my th- my studies basically focused on graphic novels and comic books and sequential art storytelling in mm-hmm. general. And I got a chance to transfer my degree to Fairhaven College to chase the same type of degree in a bachelor's. And so I am focusing on visual communication and how it can help comic books branch into the new era of digital. Because Alan Moore said in an interview like seven years ago... He's like, fuck the yeah, media! Boy, <laughs> take this beard, shove it up your bum! <laughs> that was the worst Alan Moore impersonation uh, ever. He's liking it. He's like, oh, this is great. Someone asked him about digital comics and mm-hmm. if he liked digital comics, and he said that we've never seen a digital comic. And the guy was really confused because he's like, I have an iPad full of them right here. Like, what's mm-hmm. up? Mm-hmm. And he said that the internet is uh, such a new era, that's uh, such a new pl- area of study that we really don't know what it can offer, specifically for two dimensional design mm-hmm. and how we hold ourselves back by taking print. Yes. And putting it on a screen and accepting the screen as the paper. Okay. And so he says that wouldn't it be nice to be able to go into each panel yes. and look around and then jump out of the panel, go to the next one? Or wouldn't it be great that, uh, you know, like an animated comic, you have voice actors, you have a soundtrack that's waiting for you to turn the page and it won't jump the gun, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, there are ways that Marvel and DC and Image Comics are doing this, especially with, like, Comixology and all these other uh, new forms of comic book mediums, but it's very open, and I, and I feel like we haven't seen it yet, and I, I want to I help find that, and okay. I want to help the movie fans to be comic book fans, and comic book fans to be the movie fans mm-hmm. by creating a bridge between the two. Interesting. Yeah, I like that. Okay, so there's a lot to explore there. Right. How do you feel about the kind of just dumping comic book properties onto a movie screen and that's really kind of the main monetary thing right, that's right. going on right now with both of these big companies uh-huh. does that feel like a unnecessary like are we missing a step in between there where we can still kind of meld the two concepts i think so i, I especially think that because we have so much information online there's no need to put as much information into a three-hour film okay. let alone two-hour film mm-hmm. if you want to if you want that the audience to be smarter and you want to treat them with respect, give them the information of a backstory. If you want to do a Justice League movie and you had no build-up to it, like let's say this was Howard the Duck era and they really wanted to do a Justice League movie, they're not going to do the MCU thing where they're going to build up each Avengers story Mm -hmm. and then have an Avengers movie. 
they're just going to go into it. And if they did it right, they can go, you know who these people are. Yes. If you want backstory, we have an entire catalog well, that you can read. Mm -hmm. This is a new story in a new universe, but we, we grab from the comic book mm -hmm. world. And then uh, Christopher Nolan is a perfect example of taking a product and redesigning it for the real world and creating a huge universe that you could play in, but DC didn't like it. Mm -hmm. and, and they be, took it away from them. To expand on that idea, too, it would be cool if the movies acted like what would be like the big crossover issues in the old days, where it's like, yes. you had a comic book, I'm going to follow Guardians of the Galaxy, the comic book, there's one book, so I can follow along, and then the big event... Not only is it going to be, it's not going to be just a comic book, it's mm -hmm. going to be the movie. I mean, that sounds like the perfect marketing tool to get someone like me and you who are mm -hmm. like, I guess I've always been a comic book fan, but I can't claim to be because I don't know all these timelines and everything, yes. to follow a course to an event that then the world can enjoy together. And then kind of speaking on what you were saying, Neil, is having that connectivity between the comic book fan and the movie movie comic book fan be the same demographic to kind of fuse those things together that seems like a no-brainer right like all of a sudden your infinity wars or whatever is just the movie at the end of the year and all i mean it would take too much managing i guess to have to make sure things oh, flow yeah. into a reason to have every storyline like filter into this end of the year less movie. so than what they're doing now if right. you have like 12 batman books they're all supposed to be in, like, the same universe. Okay. Like, I can imagine, like, trying to, like, counteract all that. And, like, oh, you can't have Batwoman do that because in the Batman Inc. series, mm -hmm. she's off in Japan. It's like, right. well, shit. Okay. And, and see, you could, I think it could be easier to fix those timeline errors or storyline mm -hmm. uh, conflagrations mainly by going all digital instead of issue by issue like you're mm -hmm. talking about. Like... Like you said, it's just like, how are these comic book shops staying open? And to be honest with you, I have had to pull back from my issues every month just because it's getting more and more expensive. Yeah. And if you went digital, you can go 99 cents, maybe buck 99 at the very most. And then hardcore fans like me would read every issue and then I'd be able to transfer, I, I don't know, transfer my ownership of the issues to my friends as like a way to gift them away. Okay. Because then it's like I read them and now, but they're not real. So mm -hmm. I don't really feel a physical attachment to them like a comic book collector would. Yeah. And I think that we'd pass it on. And like you said, Sean, about the intimidation of comic books, it is pretty intimidating, especially when you walk into a collector's house and it's just like nothing but white boxes. Yeah. And you have nowhere, <laughs> yeah. you don't know where to start. And they're in these plastic containers, these mylar bags and boards, and you don't want to mess them up. And the guy that owns them don't, doesn't want you touching them, but he yeah. wants you to read them. But he, it's just, <laughs> it's just like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, you know? Every year now, I've been going to Comic Con and they have like a huge collection of comic books. A lot of single issues you can just like flip through and. So intimidating. It's like I don't even know where to start. It's in like any of those. It's like record collecting too. It's yeah. Just like, and then what are we enjoying from these things that are sitting on my wall here, just well, as a piece of furniture, yeah. right? And I still like the physical media. Oh, me and, too. And we in Bellingham, we're pretty lucky. We have two two now great comic shops, mm -hmm. and I would love to go there and just be like, give me the newest Batman story, and they give me like you know a graphic novel binder. And I can just read that. 
I could see someone being like, well, I don't like, like, so Zack Snyder. If you didn't like Zack Snyder, not Zack, Scott Snyder. Scott Snyder. If you didn't like his Batman arc, I could see you being pretty bomb. It's like, well, I don't like Scott Snyder, mm-hmm. but he's the only Batman. You have the main universe. Everything else, you just, like, Elseworld it. Right. Just, and I want it, like, big letters, like, Elseworld. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning it has no effect on the Yeah, the so then you line. can still be creative and you can have your wacky, like, Batman goes back in time stories. Mm. And every once in a while, maybe there's a good Elsewhere story that really connects. And, like, oh, like, the killing joke where Batwoman gets crippled, basically, and she becomes... In future episodes, uh, what's Oracle. Her? Oracle. Like, that's a pretty awesome character development. And so maybe, you know, take those elements and be like, reprint them into the main Batman story. Mm-hmm. You know, you can kind of pick and choose what you like. But I just want one easy, streamlined. Right. You know, I also like the idea of, like, going into your year-end movie that summates all these storylines with all mm-hmm. these characters and they're the crossover movies or whatever, and you get the Blu-ray of that, and then when you go home and you watch it, and you know how they have, like, a lot of links to, like, things? Yes. Like, like just like they used to do, and maybe they still do it, but Bob in old video. comics where it was, like, editor pops in, and he's like, oh, by the way, mm-hmm. just to explain what they're talking about right now, that Galactus did this back in issue, what the fuck ever. But it was just hyperlink you to that digital yes. comic book. Mm-hmm. So you could kind of quick check in with, like, oh, that's who that character is. Boom, back into the movie. Mm-hmm. Role. Marvel mm-hmm. used to have uh, their covers used to have a fold out where so you'd look at the cover and it would tell you the, the name of the comic and the price and everything and you would open it up and it would have a fold out and you would open it up and it would give you the whole breakdown of either that comic's continuity up to up literally from the origin of that character up mm-hmm. to this point or if it was a huge crossover it would fill you in on everything you needed to know for this issue to makes sense to you mm-hmm. and it, it's awesome that they would do that but it's almost like they forgot how to help well, their audience like yes. navigate their world and now it's just like it's on you it's like no this is huh. your story <laughs> like, let me it's like if this. i walked on stage and it was just like how the chicken cross the road mm-hmm. the other day i was going over to another friend's house captain america is my favorite character and goonies is the best <laughs> and you would be like what the fuck is he talking about yeah and even if you did do that and you, like, looked it up online, you'd have to buy multiple different books. Mm-hmm. If it's an old book, you'd have to go to, like, a Comic-Con and, like, flip through all the issues. Oh, yeah. But I I think we did it. You guys solved it? I think, like, Stan, I, I, Stan yeah. Lee, get at us. Like, yeah, yeah. Excelsior. Yeah. Well, okay, so I got, I mean, I could really deep dive into a more comic book-based conversation. I do want to do that, but for the this podcast, since it's more of a trailer thing... Let's rope it back oh, into the okay. Justice League trailer. Sure. Yeah, uh, it fucking sucks. There we go. <laughs> back to the comics. Well, no, this, this is a what? good example because just because Zack Snyder is a perfect example of someone who adapts comics incorrectly. Okay. He, like absolutely. Mm-hmm. For anyone out there that knows me, I did have great. I, I liked. Met, how do I say this without getting my face punched by the time I walk out of here? <laughs> I liked Man of Steel to some degree. Oh. I liked Batman vs Superman to some degree. Devin almost flipped the yeah, table on that one. So the out. reason why I liked those films to some degree is because I love Kal El. Mm-hmm. I love Superman as a character. Uh, as, as Nick a, Cage's son. Is that yes. It? Yes. Uh, it, it, like he is seriously one of the best 
characters in fiction to look up to. He is so honor, honorable, noble, kind. Um, the best thing about Superman is that he could kill every single thing in the world, and every day he has to not. Mm-hmm. And the fact that if he can knock a house down with his pinky, think about how he has to concentrate on hugging Lois. Yeah, you know, think, I think about this stuff I, every day. Right, and it just... <laughs> just it's walk what, out the door. And, and that's what I fell in love with comic books mm-hmm. more, because movies never get that much character development, but now with Netflix and all these, mm-hmm. like, long... Like, I like to think of Stranger Things as the longest-running Steven Spielberg movie ever made. Sure. Mm-hmm. And we're about to see the second part of it. Mm-hmm. And it really does help us. Like, Kevin Spacey's character in House of Cards is so much more of a despicable character, but then by the time you get to season three, you actually feel sorry for the guy and sure. you start to have feelings for this villain and that's Shakespearean mm. where you can't point the finger and say Othello actually deserves what he got because he is a hero who got screwed over but at the same time he knew what he was doing therefore he was aware of his actions and isn't that villainous? Mm-hmm. And so it's just like it's this really cool idea that comic books extrapolate on and movies don't seem to get it right unless it's an M- an MCU. Marvel sure. movies know what they're doing. They take well, the character and then they put him in a real world setting, exactly what Christopher yes, Nolan did. That's true. And Marvel now, like they found their formula, mm-hmm. but now it's yeah. <laughs> they just stick to that formula. So it's that's like what, they developed Pepto Bismol in a lab, and then now it is just Pepto Bismol. Right, sure. right. We got to flip the the script a little bit. Okay, so in what we saw with ju- the Justice League trailer, this kind of. Doing the Marvel formula. Mm-hmm. It's funnier, it's mm-hmm. teamier, mm-hmm. it's kind of got the things that people kind of like thumbs up about Marvel and kind of thumbs down about previous DC movies being too serious and great. They even went as far to steal Joss Whedon from right? okay. oh, the yeah. Avengers. There you go. Yeah, so hit me to this uh, thing. Zack Snyder had a loss in his family, yes. got replaced by Joss Whedon. Whedon. Mid movie? Mid movie. I, I think it was like seventy five percent done. Yeah. Oh, okay. Keeps going back and forth on what how much input Whedon actually has. I think he did do some reshoots. Mm-hmm. Even from trailer one and trailer two that we watched, there does seem to be more humor in trailer two and it seemed a little more Josh Whedon like quippy. Mm-hmm. Especially the Flash character. Yeah, now it's kind of weird to me to look at this and go, well, so it's just, I'm looking at these two corporations kind of battle each other for, like, who's got the football, and then they kind of just (laughs) tackle each other, and, like, it goes back and forth being kind of like the same, we're just getting the same thing from both of the universes. Well, DC's trying to distance themselves by being the darker of the two universes. But they're not anymore. But now, well, that didn't work, and it wasn't because I think they mistakenly went... Oh, people don't like dark. It's like, well, no, we don't like crappy movies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, seriously. Right. But like, but so now they're like, oh shit, we better make it more like Marvel and have more like jokey stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that's probably why you have Aqua Bro, <laughs> as Neil put it, uh, like my man. Yeah, he's, he's like, being Thor basically. He's he's absolutely. Thor. Yes. Okay. So and so they didn't. That's that makes sense on why they didn't cast him as blonde. Because people would be like, is, it's just why is Thor in Justice League I and see. Avengers? And you're uh, like, actually, you're dumb. He's, he's not Thor. He has brown hair. <laughs> uh, can I ask you guys this? How do you feel about this being a team movie before we've had solo movies for Cyborg or Flash or uh, Aquaman? Mm-hmm. Does that matter to you at all? Uh, yeah, I think that if you were, like I said before, if you were going Justice League as the first movie, then I could see 
offshoots. But the fact that they started with a Superman movie, then went straight to just jump the shark and went straight for Batman v Superman, then yes, they we need a cyborg, we need a Wonder Woman. Well, we already got a Wonder Woman, but we need those individual movies if you're going to go into the Justice League. Now I feel like they only care about Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman. The rest could That's go. That's all to hell. we know. Because also, like in the trailer, they're saying like. Divided, we aren't enough. How how do we know that? We right. don't know that. Wonder Woman killed it in the box office. She doesn't need yeah, anyone. She doesn't need anybody else. <laughs> in my opinion, they got the formula right with and, her. And you could argue, like, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. They had some movie that didn't have, like, you didn't have a Drax movie before right. Guardians. I think the difference is the Guardians, they're kind of like a lovable bunch of losers. Mm-hmm. And the whole premise of the film is we can only do this together because we're so we're so fucked up we're the breakfast club we need each other justice league that's not their gimmick every member is a hero right almost a greek god exactly like that's the thing i've always thought the justice league is so much more unbelievable than the avengers as much as weird as that is to say i can see captain america existing in our real world more so than i can almost anybody in the yeah. Justice League. And that's kind of how those characters were originally modeled, or kind Absolutely. of eventually got revised to be modeled after this kind of... Modern thing. mythology. Yeah. Okay, so let me ask you this. If they're all kind of gods, and they don't really need to team up necessarily to like deal with big, imp- oppressive forces, what are they fighting in this movie? What's this apocalypse exactly. invasion? That's thing? Actually, it's the planet apocalypse. Okay. So in the DC universe, uh, Jack Kirby, God rest his soul, that lovable, lovable man, uh, he invented uh, basically the new gods, okay. which is a, a place called Apocalypse and a place called, oh God, New Genesis. Mm-hmm. And New Genesis is basically life with, is basically Earth with freedom all mm-hmm. over it. Massive amounts of high technology, massive amounts of understanding and expansion of knowledge. Um, just basically a, a heaven. The, the most super powered planet in the known galaxy in the known universe uh apocalypse is the opposite Mm. of new genesis and it is basically a planet full of wrath and slavery and hatred and weapons of mass destruction i thought you said rats at first (laughs) no they probably do really really tough rats so um and it's just really cool because he basically he was told by the DCU, like, hey, we want you to do what you did with Marvel for us. We heard you leaving Marvel, and he was like, I've got this thing. And so it was this whole new spectrum of people. It wasn't even, like, involving any of the Justice League. And so it became so big that the editors were like, these guys could go up against the Justice League. And he's like, yeah, but they live so far away that they would never cross paths. And they're like, could you could you do, <laughs> we that? do that? We need I mean, it. We and can so do that. he did. And so the lesser-known characters of the new gods could battle the Justice League. They literally can go toe-to-toe with each one of them, right? Yes. But the gods of New Genesis and Apocalypse, Darkseid and uh, the Allfather, they are like Odin and Satan, mm. where just Darkseid alone can fight the Justice League with his hands behind his back. Okay. And he does all the time. Because imagine Ron Perlman... Okay, I'm imagining. And with, all, his, with, his, with his shirt yeah, off? Okay, got it. All bluey and craggly with black eyes and a hood. And all he does is sit there with his hands behind his back, 
talking mad intellectual smack to everyone with the calmest voice known to man while the Justice League are literally sweating, so, trying to hurt him. Mm. Neil, so this is Dark Side, right? Dark Side, or Dark Seed, however anyone oh. wants to say it. There's a throw up up there. Because mm. it's I'll, D-A-R-K-S-E-I-D. Okay, I'll throw up on you if you pronounce it Dark Seed. <laughs> it's Dark Side. Um, I know him because I've peeped a lot of the Justice League cartoons, mm-hmm. and he was like always the big villain. And he has like lasers that come out of yeah, his eyes. Yeah, the Omega Beans. Yeah, but the, the trick is they can like curve and like go different directions he basically looks at you and then can look away and as long as the thought of you is in his brain it's gonna hunt you down yeah the omega blast is the anti-life equation and it's how he enslaved apocalypse it's basically a zombification of a body you become his slave okay so we, we saw that in the yes. trailer there's yes. like a scene where they're on a weird alien planet and somebody gets hit by something and they turn into like a monster guy. right so that okay. yeah that uh the red lines in the in the ground right after Wonder Woman says invasion mm-hmm. that looks like it could be the omega beam okay. taking over the planet and then the rest of his you know apocalyptic demigod goblins are kind of taken over and the guy with the huge hammer axe his mm-hmm. name is Steppenwolf and he's like the first general oh, okay I was going to say Side. did we see dark side in here we did not no we did not okay. and then that's the big unveil that's the thing okay. is that they will not show dark side if they're smart they will not show Darkseid until yes. you go see the movie. And then... Interesting. I mean, they're, they're banking on a lot. They are. And the thing is, is that they're all going to lose, mm-hmm. and then Superman's going to come back, and that's when Darkseid... And then they're going to win, and then Darkseid's going to step out, and then, yeah. I've already seen the movie in my head. Because okay. Darkseid is the Galactics. Yeah, oh yeah, he's, he's definitely Galactics. The DC, Thanos. Thanos. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the Thanos of the DC, but rather than, like, Marvel, who have... Spent like what, twenty something films teasing and uh-huh, teasing yeah. leading up to Thanos. So like when they beat him, it's gonna be like they did it. Mm. This one you got your biggest DC bad guy, and you're gonna kill him off without introduction in one film. Well, they won't kill him off. He can't. Like that's the thing about Darkseid is that he'll just keep coming back. Okay. He's like the super villain of the super villains. Yeah. It's like Lex Luthor. Like, but he's gonna get replaced. beat. Oh, definitely. So it's like, you know, okay, come back, we'll beat you again. That's that's kind of been a beef with the DC movies, too, is that they kind of try to throw too much story and of the history of a character in yeah. one movie, right? Oh, like, they absolutely. kill Superman in the same movie that they introduce him kind of thing. Like, No, no he died in Batman vs. Superman. Which is the yeah. second movie. Yeah. Second okay. movie. But it's a little rushed. That's, that's a little rushed. <laughs> so... They kind of throw all their heavy weights at you in a way that you can't really digest them or parse them in mm-hmm. like an enjoyable, entertaining way because it's just kind of too extreme. I don't know. I don't. I don't particularly care for that aspect of the way they're trying to play catch up with Marvel by just like jamming it all into one or two mm-hmm. movies. But then again, I'm pretty critical of this whole superhero movie thing anyway. Did you uh, say critical? Yeah, a little bit. Then Sean, maybe we should get to our ratings. You want to rate this already? <clears throat> Do you guys have any big topics we should discuss before getting in the ratings? I've got some beef with if this if these are Whedon jokes, I got some beef with them. Okay, I know he can do better. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, I, <laughs> you know, Whedon is my guy. Yeah, sure. But uh, so I, I like he's he's playing a disadvantage here. He he was thrown this script from Snyder, mm-hmm. and he and he's like he's put some fancy like. 
He put some lemon on it. Yeah. He put some wine on it. He oh, put some cilantro yeah. tr- on it. Mm-hmm. But guess what? It's still a pile of shit. It's right. still gonna taste awful. The plate's gonna look nice. It's served. The plate's gonna look nice. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. Uh, I so his the the quick jump to Batman all of a sudden being as funny as all the other characters mm-hmm. from the other movies. Oh yeah, does not work. That doesn't work for me. No, and it's just like you said. If you don't like Scott Snyder's Batman, don't try to force feed Scott Snyder's Batman to people who don't like that style of Batman. Yes, you know, pick the Batman that is the most liked, and we all know he's the brooding king of the world. Mm. Right, he's got to be brooding. It's it it's funnier of a contrast to have him be kind of like, oh, I'm gonna take my toys and go home. Everyone's <laughs> yeah. being all funny and goofy and like. I'm trying to be serious, and like I kind of like that, like uh, an Aquaman relationship with a brooding Batman could be comedy gold oh, for the yeah. screen. But it doesn't sound like they're going to do that. It sounds like they're going to do the thing that I had a beef with with Guardians, which was make everyone funny. <laughs> and I don't think that works. It's weird that Batman's even doing the recruiting and setting up this whole Justice League. He should be the one they're trying to get, but like, isn't that always the case? He's the one that who's like, I don't want to play with. Yeah, you he guys. didn't want the group because <laughs> he realizes it's a potential for danger to put all these super powered people together in like this sort of like ruling government thing. Yeah. Like he's he sees that as very problematic. It would make more the most sense to have Wonder Woman, who's like more of the general and you know take Except charge. Except for the fact she's such a great feminist. Icon yes. that it would be better if she was like, I can do this by myself. Right, I don't right. need dudes. <laughs> so I don't like that idea either. And we don't know anything about anyone else. No, we don't, so, right? it just leaves it to Superman, and he's got to be dead. So I don't know. It doesn't. Yeah, they've they've kind of painted themselves into a corner here. I do like though the one line, not because it's funny for intended yes. purposes, but when Aquaman just like does a Denzel Washington like my man like I don't know why he does that it doesn't make any sense it's because he's just set foot on the dry land and he's been watching the shit out of Washington's discography he's like oh my god this Denzel Washington is amazing we have nothing like this in Atlantis I want there to be a lot of Little Mermaid jokes at Aquaman's expense oh yes we can work those in then I'll be happy Uh, I was pitching to you guys earlier how great would it have been if you want to remake Aquaman just have the 50s one of him with him riding dolphins <laughs> into this bleak, dark, like, Zack Snyder film. He's basically like a Care Bear next right. to everybody else because he's just so, like, silly and it he's got the green tights and everything. Amazing. That, I like that idea. It'd be like if you saw an animated GIF in the middle of Schindler's List. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. what the hell is that? Because even though, like, I, you know, I give him credit for trying to reinvent Aquaman here, but. We're all going to think of, like, the mm-hmm. bright orange and green, him, like, having fish shoot out of his arms. I don't know what he does. <laughs> He's talking to fish. He's okay, I want you to write Aquaman <laughs> from now on. Yeah, you know, he has an eel belt that he but wears. Did they do this in the comics with him? Because I remember somewhere in my teenage years starting to see Aquaman with, like, a beard yep. and a hook for a hand. Yeah, and yep. it's, in the, it's a little more intense. In the right? animated film, they actually did a revamp of him where they gave him, like, a hook hand. How did they get rid of his hand in that? Is it Black Manta feeding his hand to I think he's, sharks? like, trying to save his son or something. There's, like, it's really dramatic. He's, like, trying to save his son, and then, yeah, like, he lost his arm, and it's, like, a reminder or something. I don't know. And But, I mean, going into the revamping of Aquaman, of all the times they've tried to revamp Aquaman, they've always kept him blonde-haired, blue-eyed kind of Arthur Curry. Mm-hmm. This is the only time I've ever seen them actually, like, change his, like, nationality in a way. I don't like, like it. It's... It, <laughs> 
he looks like he's a he's a Pacific Islander uh-huh. almost. And mm-hmm. to me, it, it makes a little bit more sense. But if that was the case, and with all that mythology being around, why didn't DC just originally do that? Yeah, that's a good you idea. Should just got the rock, made him Moana. Like white people, that's why. It's the unwhiteies. Um. Okay. It's a long ass trailer. We watched the first trailer and the second trailer, and I was like, "This feels like twenty minutes of my life." Like, <laughs> which leads me to think, and okay, and there's another thing. The first trailer seemed like a totally different movie than the second trailer. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Which we kind of now understand. Okay, there's another director. Maybe there's a whole another like third act that's just like a totally different movie. But it seems like way too much movie. It seems like they kind of lo- lost us here sitting here watching these. In the middle of the trailers, because it's just like, well, there's so much shit going on. Look like, how many tangents we went on just talking about yeah, it. Yeah, it's it's just a little much. I, I think it's going to be overwhelming and just more of the same critiques that I'm going to have about all these other movies so far. It's just like, I don't know, can you just make the hour and a half version where just an hour, 90 minutes of stuff happens right. and it's not a cataclysmic end of the world scenario? Or even if it is like what you're saying, if that's the end of the year crossover... It could be an hour and a half, two hours at max, Zack Snyder, if you're listening. And you can have all of the character development, origins, and everything done in comic book form, animated comic form, animated movie. You guys are, like, DC, listen, you guys are huge. You have money. You have Warner Brothers money. Why are you messing this up? You're strangling the phone. (laughs) I love, because I love Marvel. They never, they've never let me down. Even with their stupid crossovers and their stupid money-making ideas, they always think of the fans first, but DC is always getting just bitch slapped by Warner Brothers, and they never stand up for themselves, and I don't know why. I just don't know why. I give it two stars. Well, that's a good segue. Oh, great. Let's use it. We are going to rate this trailer. Oh, sorry. I'm pointing at a thing. Oh. But not with stars, Neil. That was out of 20, by the way. No, I'm joking. <laughs> we have our own rating system here at Movie Babies. It works even worse than stars. I don't know if you've been to the movies within the last ten Ever. years of your life, but there was a very brief stint in the Regal Theaters where there was like a Coke ad that was yes. like, we're all the same when the lights go down. And there's a couple like little quips from that commercial that we've used as our rating system. The old grandma who says, I love robots. I love robots. That's the rating we use for when we're like, this trailer's bullshit. Okay. I love Thor, not Aquaman. Yeah. And then... In space with zombies. In space. In space with zombies. Is what we use when we're like, okay, it's fine, but I could use something, or like it didn't quite sell me, or whatever. And then, like a lot, it's like, I'm totally sold on this. So you cool if I scream, like a lot. So using these three options, okay. what would you rate Justice League and why? In space with zombies, because as a hardcore comic book fan, I feel like I could speak for all of them that. It doesn't matter who's directing, who's writing, who's starring. If it's a fucking comic book movie, we're going to go see it. That's what sucks. Because, <laughs> and this is a fact, every comic book movie ever made by the big studios has never gone under production value. I think They've that's all made their money back. I think that's true. I don't, I can't remember the last one I really enjoyed. Jonah Hex even did. But I'm Ooh. pretty sure I've seen all of them. Right, and it's because the fans are going to give it a chance, and I feel that they are taking advantage of that. Yeah. And I feel that Marvel wasn't. 
but they may be now. Mm-hmm. But I feel like DC has always been doing that. And that's why they gave Batman to Christopher Nolan, because they were like, man, we drove Batman into the fucking ground. Can you save this? And he was like, yeah. And they're like, holy crap, let's do it like this. And they're like, he's like, get away from me. No, this. no, no, I got this. <laughs> and that's the thing, though, is that if you give a director full creative control and it's, and they got good product and they got, you know, they know what they're doing, then it's going to be awesome. And if you don't, it's going to be Zack Snyder. Yeah. Well, and that's why I'm so excited about Whedon because I love his creative direction when he's like in charge. Mm-hmm. I think the Age of Ultra one, there was like rumors of him kind of butting heads with people. Ah. Like he wanted scenes in there, and they're like, well, if you want to keep this scene, you got to put in these like shitty scenes that don't make sense. And he's like, uh, whatever. So he left. But now I'm hoping DC is so desperate, they're, they're just like, Whedon, you did Avengers. People that made billions. Do that with this one. Yeah. And, and supposedly he's going to do a Batgirl movie, so... And Batgirl, yeah, I think he'll be a good fit. He must Batgirl. be so, so exhausted of doing this type of storytelling. <laughs> Maybe a Batgirl would be perfect for him. Maybe he can just turn it into a little teeny, like... Right? Takes place... On one day, uh-huh. <laughs> in Sunnyvale, maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we got a rating for this. I'm gonna give it. I love robots. Yeah. I didn't like. I really don't like any of these Zack Snyder movies. I don't think I've liked one of his movies. Mm. I haven't seen them all. I didn't like Watchmen. Like mm. maybe Watchmen is the closest one, but I even like that because I feel like he missed the point a lot in some of the stories. Three hundred was my only is the only Zack Snyder film that I like through and through just because it's so cheesy. You could be wasted drunk and still understand every fucking thing going on in that movie. When it fits, like, that style fits that movie. Oh, absolutely. You can't put that style and paste it onto, like, the DC universe. No, and that's hell no. really my biggest problem with these movies is they're fighting in this empty space that's just red skies and lava and, like, Aquaman's flying through the sky. Like, the placement of where I am in this universe is so confusing that I just lose interest and I don't care. It's like Transformer movie syndrome, where you're just like, I don't know what I'm looking at. Right, I'm yeah. I'm looking at my phone. And compare that to the first Avengers. You're in New York. You know they're going through the building. You know where you are. Mm. It's not just, like, some... Made-up Segovia. Yes. I'm going to also do I Love Robots on this one. The trailers themselves felt really overly long, and they felt like two different movies, and that bodes poor for what I imagine a runtime of, like, three hours mm-hmm. is going to be for this thing to do all the things that it's going to do, and I think it's gonna, I'm going to lose interest really quick. Can't really praise them for just trying to marvelize the DC formula. Good work. I guess I want them to just do a different approach. I agree. I'm gonna see it. You're right, Neil. It, they <laughs> unfortunately have our their hooks in all of our wallets and asses. Just I guess because we're like dudes. I don't know. Well, no, we've been waiting for our, the way that I like to put it is that we all have played with the same toys, mm-hmm. and we some of us have put them away. Some of us keep them on the shelf and play with them constantly, but we've never seen them, like, done right. Like, when a director gets it, like Christopher Nolan, it's like you borrow, you borrow your, your favorite toy to your friend, and then you realize how, just how fucking cool that toy really is. Mm-hmm. And you just can't wait to get home and play with it yourself. But Zack Snyder is the uh, Bruce Wayne of the, I'm going to take my toys and go home if you don't like what I'm doing. And it's just <laughs> like, you've, 
I let you borrow my Batman and I get him back and you repainted him red and blue? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, there's some liberties being taken that I'm not I'm not stoked about, but you know, maybe this I've had my run with this. So Personally, I'm just a glutton for punishment. I think every Zack Snyder fan is Spank me Batman The White Stripes song Really threw me for a loop The Bowie cover really threw me for a loop In these trailers too I just want to like I feel like we've reviewed a couple trailers lately Where we're starting to see Oh it's not an emo cover anymore It's this weird sound designy interaction With sound and edits mm-hmm. and like a motion with it just feels like a rhythmic musical which i love impacting Devin loves this and so i'm like okay that's our new bois for trailers this year oh i didn't realize that but these guys are still doing the thing that was popular to do like a year or two uh-huh. ago and i'm like guys are yeah. we done with an imagine dragons cover of a bowie song like what the, f- <laughs> what the fuck it's not even that clever like, i mean i guess yeah, they're heroes. You got that part right. <laughs> Nothing else is like matching. It's too on the nose. It's too obvious, uh, and it's been uh, done. Uh, and it, if that trailer did it best, then let's do something else. I think uh, I think we're all kind of on a similar page with mm-hmm. Justice League here. I would be. I love robots, but again, it's like I'm. I hold out. Yeah, we I'm need... like it could. It could work. I find myself like doing that in Zack Snyder's films. Like, where like I just want to tell the audience, like, just give him five more minutes, guys. <laughs> we're in the most. <laughs> abusive relationship with these companies they are just we're gluttons for punishment for what they have to shit in our mouths Uh, and we just defend it till the end of the day even when we're like yeah it sucks it's terrible we still go home to Mm -hmm. them we can't fucking shake it it sucks we got to realize that we're better than this and start spending our money on little indie movies When are, where are the image movies, by the uh, way? Okay, so that's actually a good question because a lot of the good a lot of the good image products are option for films right now but because the writers and the artists are so the image allows you to own your shit yeah you come to them with a full product and they're they're like yeah we'll publish this awesome we get to put our name on such a cool thing but you own all of it you can pull it if you want you could make Mm -hmm. toys if you want you can do whatever you want it's all you and so with that said when that contract gets signed for the film it's in the hands of the writer and the artist but the thing is is all these comic book writers and artists are working so goddamn hard every month to do their normal job, that the thing that may not pay off is kind of on the back burner in a way. And so, and because like Descender, Deadly Class, or like Walking Dead is an amalgam because it was perfect for television, but they decided to go complete, diverge completely away from the storyline of the comic. So Mm -hmm. you get two separate fans, Mm -hmm. but there's that middle fan that just gives you all the money and so are you that fan i am that fan. <laughs> but the thing is is that they don't have that with these with these other things like mm-hmm. like it walking dead works so well because it's episode by episode mm-hmm. and descender and deadly class and the other image things that are being optioned right now especially outcast by robert kirkman that came out and that failed yeah hey, and so they're like okay so not everything would be walking dead so i believe a lot of the things that have been optioned right now are still on the back burner on the executive side too like they're like okay well look at dc and marvel like we don't want to jump in just yet and i have a feeling that right when the superhero movies start to tank the independent comic book films will come back up again spot movie looking at you (laughs) come on don't screw me over again i mean look guys just come to me i'll make your movie I i have an iphone Right, and I have tons of comics that I could lend to Devin so we can get this done. Yeah, right. there we go. The three of us, we're going we're gonna to 
combine our forces. We're going to Justice League this, and we're going to make a comic book movie script that's worth making. All right, I'll, yeah. be, I'll be the black one. <laughs> and that was the Justice League. Now I know what you're thinking. How did this happen? Well, it's a long story. Intro battle, Thor. What is it? Ragnarok. Rock the Caspa. Fragorock. Thor Ragamuffin. It all started here, but I'm getting ahead of myself. We're already on the ban list. I think that they think they're making a joke about that. Like that's what's happening there. It's so meta that they're just doing it straight faced. This looks like Guardians of the Galaxy. Thor. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Even to the graphics of the trailer. Uh-huh. They have the end shot is the same end shot of Guardians Volume 2 trailer where Drax is like oh, jumping yeah. into that big oh, gooey monster. Yeah. And they did the exact same thing with Hulk jumping into the fire monster. And they're putting a team together. It's in space. With zombies, <laughs> Probably. tons of practical effects, and the biggest change too, Hulk is Drax now. He's just a mouthy guy. In fact, the shot where like you see the team that they've put together, which first of all, it's a Thor movie. No, mm-hmm. it's a team movie. So it's not a solo movie. All solo movies are still team movies. I'm getting real tired of that. <laughs> We've Thor, got Civil War. Hulk is being Drax. Thor is being Star Lord. Oh yes, like. All of a sudden, he's way more, like, narcissistic, but also, like, that's what she said, or, like, that just happened. Like, he's very, like, dumb, bro, quippy kind of dialogue. Like, we got the Zoe Saldano character. Mm-hmm. I can't it's remember. It's a badass fighter. Just, like, the, yeah, the kind of black chick. We not, we're unsure of her ethnicity. Va- Valkyrie is her name? Uh-huh. Or Hela? No, Valkyrie. Valkyrie. Is her name. And okay. then Loki's just Rocket. Yeah. The guy who doesn't want to be there. But English. Yeah. Beat for beat, they're just doing Guardians. Thor of the Galaxy. They're driving spaceships more than they're walking around in this movie. Oh, yeah. Does does uh, Kirk show up in this one? Well, no, because they have um, Jeff Goldblum. There we go. There's no reason. Yeah. Apparently, Jeff Goldblum and, uh, what's his name? Benicio Del Toro. They're, they play brothers. Sam Neill and Jeff Goldblum are in this one. Sam Neill's in it? Yeah. Oh, Jurassic yeah, Park re- Reunion. <sighs> okay, so someone we, say something nice about this trailer. So we have, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm having a hard time. Well, the good thing about it trying to be the Guardians is I enjoyed the first Guardian film. Me too. Immensely. Um, second one, not so much. Yeah, agreed. Yes. A little bit too much going on, especially when you realize that um, all they had to do was call upon the 
whistling arrow to save everyone's ass. <laughs> yeah. And they didn't. And uh, yeah. But okay. Something nice about this is so, that because it looks like Guardians, yes. I'm I'm pleased. I like that bright, shiny '80s practical effects look. Okay. I like the humor. And the director you mentioned, do you want to say his name for us? Uh, Taika Watiti did uh, What We Do in the Shadows, as well as Hunt for the Wilder People. And I I like both of those films. Is this kind of one of those Edgar Wright Ant-Man situations, where he kind of got plucked from his culty obscurity to just, like, do what Marvel says? Or do you think he's going to get to kind of, like, show his steez a little bit here? Um, From what I understand... From uh, I, I forget who interviewed him, uh, but uh, Taika said that when he went into filming this Thor, they literally were like, just go ahead and forget about the other two Thors. This is our last chance. Do what you will. And so he was like, really? <laughs> and they were like, yeah. And he's like, okay. And there you have it. We, okay. see, what, we see a movie that literally looks... Like it's a galaxy away from Guardians of the Galaxy, and that looks like it's a universe away from the Marvel movies. Okay. I do like the Thor character as well. Mm. I like his, like Chris Hemsworth. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's he has some comedy chops. Yeah, for sure. And so I, I do like them kind of leaning heavier on the comedy with Thor. Because I think there's some... Some there's some stew there. That we but can does taste. it just feel like he's Chris Pratting? They're just like, oh, oh, do what Chris Pratt did. But we also had two very serious Thor movies that did not do good at all. Yeah. But also in that, yeah, the Thor movies came before Guardians. So if anything, Chris Pratting is Chris Hemingworthy. Hems <laughs> <laughs> Pratting. Pratt's I mean, worth. yeah, because just... you you got hints of Thor being funny in the other two. They just never really played it up. This one, they're playing it up. Yeah, it's like he decided to be a comedian throughout this film. I guess I like if the, I mean, for my personal taste, if we yes. were going to differentiate Thor from Star Lord, Star Lord kind of being the loser who thinks he should be well known and mm-hmm. whatever, but therefore has kind of got a complex about it. I like the idea of. Thor being, I'm a fucking god, like, just, like, totally narcissistically just, like, a shithead. And that's what's funny about him. Not that he's aware of that or whatever, but just, like, he does not care. It's just, like... That's the best part from the first film. I want another, and he smashes the glass. baby. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's the fish out of water element, but he's a god. You gotta tweak these recipes a little bit rather than just being, like, okay... Your hero always behaves like this. Your sidekick mm-hmm. always behaves like this. Your big guy always behaves like this. And your black girl always behaves like this. Yes. Like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. If we're going to talk Marvel formula, every Marvel movie, it's the villain. Mm. The villain's always awful. And Black Panther just released a new trailer. I was so pumped for that teaser trailer. Mm-hmm. This new tra- trailer, they show you the bad guy. It's another fucking Black Panther. Okay. So they have like different colors. What? Okay, it's like a shadow black panther. It's like black. Yeah, it's like white blacker blacker panther. He has like purple on him. I gotta watch this. I still haven't seen it. We've seen that in Iron Man One and Luke Cage. Yeah. Yeah, the Luke Cage. His brother basically just puts on a power suit and is Luke Cage. I'm, I'm tired of the same villain. I'm tired of the villains having no backstory, either rushed or pushed to the side, mm-hmm. or they look lame. I like the look of this villain. Hella. Goddess of Death. 
What's wait? Sorry, the character's name is Hella. That's pretty funny. She's hella fine. <laughs> hella scary. Um, she does look scared. That that moment where she's like, "I'm the goddess of death." Yeah. You know, she, you're like, "Oh, I don't want her saying that over my face." Because those big horn things. What was the movie she was in? Hannah or whatever, where she's like the head of FBI or CIA, and they're after that little superpowered little kid. Yeah, that's Hannah. She plays a really over the top like bad guy, like a muscle or sorry, a mustache twirling bad guy in that. It's pretty fun. Like, I think she could do it. I think she could have a lot of fun with this role. That being said, the design, the slow motion stuff, looks kind of Zack Snyder. Yes, it does. And that's that's actually going back to 300 and the reason why I like 300. We have that in filmmaking because of 300. So I hate 300 for that. Yeah. But 300 did it first, so I tip my hat to them for that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm just like... We all saw 300. Yeah. We don't need to see these effects continue. That's like if someone took Bruno or, or Bruce from Jaws mm-hmm. and put him in another movie and didn't call it Jaws. They're like, oh, yeah, look, it's a, it's a purple shark. It's like, it's fucking Jaws, dude. No, it's not. DC and Marvel need to just fuck each other already <laughs> because they want to so bad oh, yeah. just be the same company. Just one gets this... Aspect right, and then the other one does it, and the other one gets this aspect right, and the other one does it. It's like, why? Why are we cannibalizing but each other so hard? But if we keep doing that, eventually we'll come out with the perfect movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, Maybe. Justice League Hopefully. versus Avengers. No, no, because every Marvel and DC crossover has been horrible. So right. it's going to be like the last. Like, who do we have left? Well, Squirrel Girl? Well, okay. there will still be no argument of who will direct it. We'll just get Joss Whedon to do it. Right. It'll look the way they have always looked, because yeah. they all look the same. Uh, okay, another thing. Yes. I like the little tease that this could potentially be a tournament movie, oh, where yes. they have to like battle in a gla- gladiator kind of situation. Yeah. Galactic Spartacus. Yeah, that seems cool, and I'm, I'm assuming that's somewhat... Referencing the Planet Hulk yes. thing? Is that what that Absolutely. thing was all yeah, about? The, the moment Hulk comes out, every person who read Planet Hulk was like, oh, Because that was a tournament kind of, uh-huh. of storyline, right? He gets, uh, basically, this is pretty cool. So there's an Illuminati in the Marvel Universe, <laughs> and it's uh, Professor X, Mi- uh, Mr. Fantastic, Doctor Strange, Tony Stark, Black Panther... And uh, sometimes Steve Rogers, but where is this movie? Uh, exactly. <laughs> and so they decide that the Hulk is probably one of the worst things that's ever happened to the Marvel Universe, and they think that the best thing to like do is to send him to space. <laughs> like seriously, they trick Bruce Banner to go into a rocket, and then they send him to a planet that has all of the necessary like things to help him survive and live mm-hmm. in a peaceful world without anything that would kill him because he could turn into Hulk. So right. he could just walk around eating fruit, masturbate, do whatever they want. He's a he's a scholarly man. He doesn't want to do that. Right. Like, and, and, and not only that, they literally kidnap his ass, send him to the moon for a mission, and then accidentally the rocket coming back from the moon goes into a wormhole and sends him to this planet. But because he's Hulk and he's freaking out, he knocks himself out of the wormhole, ends up in a different galaxy, mm. goes to the slave planet of Scar, S-K-A-A-R, and he's so hurt by the crash that they embed an obedience disc in his chest That well, while he's Bruce. Mm. And so when he gets hulky and he tries to rip it out, it's like one of these things that the more uh, pressure or power you apply to it, it exerts it's, just the same. It's like a Chinese finger pack. Exactly. Mm. And so he becomes a slave, and it's the exact story of Gladiator. Oh, interesting. <laughs> okay, fun. 
So I like tournament movies. I like like the flying guillotine and like all those old like kung fu movies that are just get together, Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Those are great. I think I would enjoy this movie if it was just a gladiator movie, but I have a feeling that's just a tease to introduce Hulk and Thor and we leave that world immediately. Now I'm a little worried because yeah, I was saying how I was pumped about this goddess of death lady. Mm-hmm. But now I'm realizing, yeah, they have this tournament world they're going to have to solve first that she has presumably nothing to do with because mm-hmm. it's a whole other story. It's Jeff Goldblum's thing. Yeah, He's like he, mojoing them. Yeah, that good call. I yeah. didn't think about that. Yeah, and so it's like we're going to get another instance of like this lady's not going to have enough backstory. Mm-hmm. She gets thrown in there. Or so the, the tournament thing is just going to be like five seconds. Yeah, and yeah like we saw it. Because I know like people have been pushing for this Planet Hulk movie, and, like, I know a lot of people wanted this as a separate film, as a separate Hulk film, mm-hmm. which they probably should have just done. Well, yeah. they still could. If, if this is the end, if they do it where... Wait a minute. Actually, Wait no, a minute. no, I take that back. So, <laughs> this like, shows the yeah. end of a movie they make later? <laughs> Prequel, baby! Uh, so it's just the first and second act, and then the other movie was the third act? Oh, yeah, I guess... Well, yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> <That would be amazing>. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't put it past Marvel. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't know, just the puzzle piece aspect of, like, we'll take this design element from this thing that was popular and, you know, totally pillage and destroy this storyline just so we can use this one character mm. and then we can throw it in this big pasta that's just, like, doesn't taste good at all because it just doesn't have any of the extra world-building atmosphere that the whole enchilada would would have. Just It just feels like... I don't know, like, really doing their own properties a massive disservice. But they made that with rainbow pasta, so it looks real pretty. <laughs> I do like the rainbow girl. <laughs> There's a lot of rainbows. Freaking, uh... There's a lot of Care Bears. Such an 80s reference. Thing. Every aspect of it. And uh, Idris Elba mm-hmm. as the guardian Heavy of the rainbows. Doll. That's what his title is? Oh, yeah, he's the guardian of the rainbow bridge. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I like that guy. Let's get one of the best actors we have right now to play such a small well, role. So he's <laughs> just a ticket taker. He's in this movie and they show him fighting, but he's not part of the team. I did, uh, good call. I was like, why is it? Uh, because there's not that character in Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. We want him to be grouped. And they are fighting on the Rainbow Bridge, and so he has to watch and, the Rainbow Bridge. And unlike Cyborg. Popcorn. And unlike Cyborg, uh, 90% of his black skin isn't covered, so right. can't have him as the main team member. Isn't he also just like a totally, like he doesn't say anything? Like he, he, he barely... Ta- he's a man of few words, yeah. but he's he has sweet armor, mm. he has like cool eyes that can see anything, Sean. <laughs> just, just, listeners, just so you know, Devin is staring me in the eye, pulling his eyelids apart, and it's the most terrifying thing yeah. I've ever seen him do. <laughs> See? Terrifying. So imagine him doing it. Yeah. Because he has a sword when he's doing it. Mm, well, we'll see how he gets underutilized in this movie. <laughs> the one thing I did really like about this trailer is that uh, all of the Thor fans, uh, comic book Thor fans that read Walt Simonson's run on Thor, mm-hmm. as well as Jack Kirby's run, are like, all of these colors mm-hmm. make sense. These, this was how colorful the comic books were during right. the 60s and 70s when yeah. Thor was like like almost like a comic that you would trip out with. It's pretty psychedelic. Right. And yeah. so with the aspect of like Steve Ditko, Jack Kirby, and Walt Simonson, 
they brought that whole like this is bigger than yes. what you think like anything can happen and it feels like whoa okay cool whatever you throw at me in this film i'm just gonna believe like mm-hmm. watching the justice league one back to back with this one it's like a world of difference absolutely because even when this thor one has moments of hulk about to slam into this like fire devil mm. and there's no like real environment you can see it doesn't stand out as like phony like the justice league one mm. where am i right now this is an action figure game you know even though it does seem otherworldly with this tiny hulk figure about to smash down on this giant devil it looks visually pleasing mm-hmm. i give marvel trailers all the credit here because they've been making heads and shoulders above all the other like they make the best comic book movie trailer yeah for sure they somehow know to just like grab their best material and 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 build it in a way where you get your little funny quips in there you get your action sequence stuff it all follows the same kind of formula and everything but it it makes that look appealing and then when you get into the movie you're like ah there's that thing i saw from the trailer there's that thing i saw from the trailer and then everything in between is just like just wasting time. And you would think with so many deleted scenes from these comic book movies that they would use the deleted scenes in the trailers to make it so... Because like, that's the one thing about a comic book fan. If you work at a comic book store, you have to order comics three months in advance. Mm. And so everyone working at the comic book store is literally looking at the covers three months from now. Okay. And so sometimes it just ruins the storyline. And you're like, oh, he's Fuck. not dead. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. And so it feels like that's the case. Is that every time we go see these big movies that we watch the trailer 17 times of, we are just waiting for that scene. And it's kind of taking us out of the story. We've talked about this on the show a couple times before, of our kind of different viewpoints on the idea of doing alt-take jokes and alt-take action sequences and Mm -hmm. stuff just specifically for the trailer. Because you know a certain demographic's already going to watch it, give them some red herring stuff Mm -hmm. so they're not just in the theater going like, I saw all this shit already. It's a great idea. Um, Hollywood, you listening? (laughs) Never. They they don't. (laughs) For some reason, they don't. Going back to like those old like Hitchcock trailers where it's just him being like, "Go see my new movie," like <laughs> anything uh-huh. to just like flip the, the like you know I'm gonna see it, so it's, just sell it to me in a different way. Get Stan Lee up there to do that. Yeah, yeah. Oh hey, I haven't died yet. So I tell about you. you. <laughs> this is my new friend Chris Hemsworth. I'm gonna suck his dick in front of all of you. Enough said. Who's the god now, Hemsworth? <laughs> god of Cumber. <laughs> um, we haven't talked enough about dicks and buttholes and stuff in this show, so we're getting it out of our system. Let's get it out now. I don't know. What else? Give us I want to show us, is the hammer a metaphor? Oh, see, he lost his masculinity. Yeah, we saw a scene of his hammer being crushed. Oh, Goddess of Death can crush an indestructible we hammer. We don't see who does it, but... Yeah, we do. It pans over to Kate Blanchett. Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> she, she definitely does it. It's her. And then it, it says he, he's uh, on a mission, on a trip. Uh, uh, on of self-discovery. Discovery. Mm-hmm. Who is he without his hammer? He's just, he's just Star Wars. What is a man? <laughs> what is a man without his dick? Uh-huh. That's what we'll find out. The good thing about it is, is that... I've seen most of Tekai Waititi's movies, and mm-hmm. I love every aspect of it. I thought Hunt for the Wilder People was one of the best films of the year last year. 
And I just, it's because I think he understands subtle humor mm. and, and how subtle humor is really connected to just like sadness mm. and how like you have to have both in order to make them, in order to make you feel sad, you got to have a good life. And in order to have a good life, you got to go through sadness, you know? Mm -hmm. And so he understands that. And so even with like the cheesy aspects of the trailer and the cheesy like colors and the practical effects that look like they're straight from Guardians of the Galaxy, I know that the trailer can't convey how good of a storyteller he is. You think we're going to get some heart in this film? I do. I really do. I do you think someone's going to die in this movie? Maybe Idris Elba, just because he needs <laughs> no. to get the hell away from the Marvel Universe and get a new character. Don't do that. Um, I like what you're saying, and you're selling it to me right now in a really good way, but I have to remind myself that the last Guardians movie had... Too much heart for That's my taste. Very true. It really spoon fed it in a way where it was like, "Hey guys, we're a fam. Do you remember we're a family? We rely on each other, and boy, we sure need each other a lot." Like it was just so beaten over the head with the heart that it didn't see seem sincere. Yes, totally. I think sometimes that's a problem with that technique. Is it's like, well, it's still a superhero movie. I don't really like. Come on, this is let's punch somebody. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, you might be right. And he might be the guy to do it and get that blend perfect. Um, That's a hard blend, though. I mean, like, because Winter Soldier is my favorite Marvel universe, Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm -hmm. just because okay. it literally is, like, one of the best political thrillers I've seen. It's such a fantastic action movie. Like, it just stands up to, like, all the good spy movies I watched as a kid. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's Captain America. Mm -hmm. And so it's got this, like, okay, so... Oh, standalone. It's just a well written, well directed film, and then it's got it has one of my favorite characters in it, and it's just like okay, that's really cool. And I feel that Taika, Taika, I'm not sure. You've pronounced it like six different ways. I know. Watiti. Like I know that's his last name. <laughs> I, I just have a feeling that it'll be like that, where people people were gonna walk out and be like, "What did I just see? Okay. Was that a superhero film or was that a mystical space film? Or do you want it to subvert the superhero genre? Yes, okay. I want it to take Thor in a, in a route where we haven't seen this him go before. Because like right now, the superhero films are bigger than the comic books like we were talking about. Like how are the comic book shops staying open? It's because of guys like me mm -hmm. who will constantly give to them because that's where we go. But, like, for the superhero films, they're, like, really throwing millions of dollars into this shit, and they need that money back. Mm. And so you're going to buy Thor uh, products because his third movie is fantastic. They're going to just continue with, with that formula and keep going with it. And it could be a really bad thing. Mm -hmm. And we can get Ice Pirates all over again mm. for the fourth Thor movie. Or we could get a Winter Soldier out of this, you know? And I think that if they do it right, they could either end the Thor movies and just, like... Ah, you liked it? Mic there it was. Or they could take the mic and tape it to their hand and then put another mic in their hand, tape that to the hand, and then they're Edward mic hands. And well, I'm curious when they <laughs> catch up with the Marvel comic books. So, like, my comic book history, as we discussed earlier in the show, is I feel like I'm pretty aware of, like, what's going on in all the comics. Maybe at a distance, someone's like, oh, yeah, Dev is pretty, like, comic-wear nerdy in that sense. I've never r read them, but I'm just, like interneting them or like because the stories and like no but see you're doing the geek thing you're you're doing research on things that you shouldn't be doing you yeah. don't have to do research on yeah. like and so, my geek so i know awesome. about marvel comic books i know about dc and kind of the history just because i'm like wikipediaing it and my point is i know that like 
right now in the Marvel Universe, there's kind of a change where, like, there's a female Thor. Mm-hmm. There's, like, a female Spider-Man. There's a Spider-Man who's, like, uh, like ethnic and, like, uh, not like Peter Parker. Miles like, Morales. There's a, a, there's a Muslim Miss Marvel. Yes. Uh, there's, yes. A fem- there's a uh, young black woman who is now Iron, Iron Heart. Who Which is, is like an Iron Man? Yeah, so okay. she's this so, super smart woman from New York, this young girl that Tony found, and she basically took over because Tony's dead, a.k.a. he's the AI that she follows. Okay. So, so Marmor is really kind of like more than a lot of like TV, more than a lot of like film. They're kind of like going, oh, people want more diverse characters. Yeah. Let's just go all in on it. And so I'm curious when the movies are going to like now embraces. I'm guessing um, after Infinity War, because in the comic books, Donald Blake is a mortal man who gets embedded with right. Thor's... Basically, Thor gets cast down to the world and he has to become a mortal man, but then he cracks down his cane and becomes the god of thunder. It's weird that I only know that from Adventures in Babysitting. Right? See? <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio is one of the greatest Thors ever! God. Sorry, go on. <laughs> See, Marvel should have made a Thor movie in the '80s. It's actually they did. It's just coming it's out now. One, yeah. <laughs> um, but that's the thing is that if they do it right, if every single franchise has some sort of grab, has some sort of fan basis, then they got it. They won. Thor will be forever remembered by kids, not just from comics, but from moviegoers. And we got to that point where I, I walk around Fairhaven College and I see like. Black Widow, Captain America, Iron Man, backpacks and hoodies mm-hmm. on people that I know for a fact have never read the comic books. They're just hardcore fans now because of the movies and cartoons and all that. And so if they do what you're saying, Devin, mm-hmm. where at the end of Infinity War, they literally retire these heroes by killing them off. And then we come back with, okay, Marvel, what are you going to do now? It's like, oh, well, you just wait. Mm-hmm. We got a female Thor coming. We got a Muslim Miss Marvel. We got a black Spider-Man. We got all these people ready to go. We got millennials Marvel. Uh-huh. <laughs> but see, how is that going to work uh, well with uh, the movies? Because the supposedly the sales for Marvel's new diverse line isn't that good, but the fans are loving every minute of it. And it's because the issues aren't selling as well as the graphic novels, but the graphic novels are selling like hotcakes because they're available at like Barnes and Noble and Amazon. And, and like you said, it's just full story right there. Well, yeah. And also like, I'm curious, like if I can go into a comic book and I know Thor from either I grew up on him or I know him from the movies mm-hmm. and I go into the comic book shop, I'm not going to want the... Jane Foster Thor. Right, right. I want the one I see on the big screen. Absolutely. And see, that's another thing is they just brought back Thor because he was the unworthy and then they, he didn't have his hammer and she had his hammer and now I think he has his hammer again. So they're always doing this. Because, I mean, if you really think about it, if, you're, if your entire company was built on issue-by-issue issue sales, mm-hmm. then you are literally... a, a, a Carnival Barker. Mm. You're like, oh, stay tuned, readers. I got something for you next week. Right. And it's just like, next week you're just going to have Peter Parker come to stand still with the villain again. And then you're never going to conclude that. And then you're never going to conclude this. And if, if the movies continue doing that, then they're, they're fine. Mm. But we don't like that as moviegoers. Mm-hmm. We want to see a conclusion with a tiny little hint that something may be coming back. Mm. But, I mean, like, imagine if you left... Uh, imagine if you left un- uh, Usual Suspects without finding out who Kaiser Soze was. Mm. And then you had to wait two years to find out who the fuck Kaiser Soze was. Yeah. It would drive people crazy. What's in the box? <laughs> we'll find out in two years. 
I don't know. I don't know what's a better solution there. I know what I would prefer, but I know I do not speak for the majority, and I'm definitely not where they're going to make their money. What would you do? Well, I'd like the idea of just one Thor movie, and that's it. <laughs> like, I like <laughs> the idea of just one Spider-Man movie, and that's it, and go mm-hmm. on to something else, and go on to something else. There's a big Marvel universe. There's a big DC universe. You got a lot of characters. So. Right, and do your thing where, like, at the end of the at the end of a specific amount of sp- origin films, do a big old sure. Team I like movie. that idea a lot. But I do see how that gets into then the repetition of like, hey, it's another origin story movie. It's another origin story movie. It's just the same problem I had with all the superhero movies when they were first coming out. It's like, fuck, how many times am I going to watch Peter Parker learn he's Spider-Man? Learn he's Superman. Learn he's Spider-Man. That would be a better movie. Have Peter Parker (laughs) be Superman. (laughs) As he jumps off a building. This doesn't work. Throwing the characters at each other and make it just see what hits the wall. The main issue is we need conclusions to our stories. Yes. And I remember listening to the Explain the X-Men podcast and they were talking about how Chris Claremont Claremont, yes. did the X-Men movies or the X-Men comics and when he was first doing it, he wrote off Scott Summers' Cyclops and like he made them have like a life and he wanted to bring in like a new team of X-Men mm-hmm. and then that would be a new story and previous generation of X-Men would have a conclusion. And then, you know, through pressure, like, you bring in, you bring them back. Mm-hmm. You bring them back. And so that's what I don't want to see in these movies. Oh, like, you yeah. have a purpose. Unlike comics, where you can keep bringing back a character and they never age. Mm. Like a movie, like, Tony Stark's going to get old. Like, mm-hmm. or, uh, Robert De Niro, or Robert... De Niro is going to get old, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, uh, you fuck my wife? Da- da- uh, Downing, Steven, Steven, Downing Jr. is going to, he's going to get... More movie roles, so he's not going to want to sign in for 15 films. So, like, you have a perfect opportunity, you know, like, get them in two or three films and then write them off. And, like, you can kill these characters and bring on new interesting mm-hmm. characters. I just want them to start... Remember that, like, Marvel joke comic book, What The? Yes. I want those to be a movie. Oh, I would love it's just, that. It's just, like, SNL with superheroes that are just skits of, like, what if Wolverine had silverware for claws? <laughs> or, like... What the is what the? It's it's what if... Do you remember that comic where it was, like, what if mm-hmm. super what if Spider-Man okay. was a female? Or whatever. Like, they just have, like, a little, like, twist, like, kind of mm-hmm. Twilight Elseworld. Zone kind of... It was yeah. Marvel's Elseworld. Okay. Marvel's Elseworld. And they were the serious thing. And then they were, like, okay, but... This now what the was just the joke version. It was like cracked okay. for like yeah, yeah. Uh, Mad Magazine for Marvel heroes. So it was just like all the like you know Thor farting lightning jokes and stuff like that. And like Spider Ham. Yeah, Spider Ham. I'm ready for that movie. I think <laughs> these have all gotten so ridiculous. It's just like well then just give Should me that. They're get... all gonna be comedians. <laughs> Should we get a Medea Spider Man <laughs> yeah. Marvel film? Yeah, Marvel Medea Spider Man movie. Flip Medea. <laughs> Boy, uh, get my hammer! <laughs> Do you want to rate this? Like a lot, just because, again, they got me by the hooks. Mm-hmm. And, the I, you know, as much as I liked Thor Dark World more than the first Thor, I still... They're okay. just not two films that I want to it's, sit down and watch again. It's not a popular opinion. I liked the second one just because it felt like a buddy cop, they team up. Thor and Loki, and they mm-hmm. just go on like a silly adventure together. Right, but it was like it was like a dark European like buddy cop where it's uh-huh. like, yeah, this is gonna be like Sherlock, but it's also European. It's gonna be dry. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be very dry and gray. <laughs> but I thought it was a, a brilliant take on magic being scientific. 
Sure. They did a great job of how explaining that. And again, I'm a geek. If you can explain magic through science in a movie, I don't care how dumb or stupid the film is. That premise alone, I'm thoroughly interested. Like, tell me more. Just write a textbook and drop it off in my mailbox. Nice. And so this one, I, I like uh, Takai Watiti's movies. I like Thor. I like the buddy cop aspect of what this may be. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little worried that everyone's a comedian, like you said. And I'm also very worried that they are going to basically take the same formula of Guardians of the Galaxy and give it right back to me with a mythical aspect. So it's kind of in between in space with zombies and like a lot. Ooh, Neil, I don't like it when people do that. <laughs> got to commit to one. Okay, then I like it a lot. Okay, good. You're going to make him Hulk out. <laughs> that is my Hulk trigger. It's, I yeah. start flipping tables. And you don't want to see him when he's angry. <laughs> it looks a lot like this. Devin, you, you got a rating for this? I'm giving Thor like a lot. I really like these Are you sure? trailers. Sean, <laughs> don't ask me why. Well, I guess you are asking me why. Yeah, it took this you a is, minute to... That, that is the purpose of this show. I really like these trailers, the look of these trailers. Mm-hmm. The lady death strike lady, the goddess of death. <laughs> Her like summoning like a flock of flying Pegasus, mm-hmm. Pegasus, Hulk smashing this giant devil creature. He's fighting a giant wolf creature mm-hmm. by a bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, you liked Hulk? Me like I like Hulk. You're speaking, like Hulk. you're reviewing this trailer like Hulk would. I like <laughs> Turtle. Devin love trailer. Devin. Oh, so my favorite line from this trailer mm-hmm. was, I know that guy, he's a co-worker of mm-hmm. mine. Mm-hmm. That's, a good, that's a good line. It is. Supposedly, Watiti was telling everybody just to let loose and improvise and just say things. He's a, he's a co-worker of mine line. There was this, like, Make-A-Wish Foundation kid who got to go on the set mm-hmm. and meet everybody, and it was, like, a huge deal. Like, everybody on set was, like, really set to, like, make this kid... Uh, make his life obviously because sure. he's going to die in a week or something. But <laughs> not hard to do. <laughs> not hard to do. But he said that it would be funny if Thor and Hulk said something to that that design where it's like, oh, they know each other from work. And then he was like, I got just the thing. Wait a minute, That's... you're telling me some make-a-wish kid is delivering, pitching the best lines of this movie? Supposedly, that's where it came from. I hope they were just like, you know what. Here's I'm the gonna, script. Just hey, spend yeah. the rest of your day here. Actually, just re-editing you know this. who needs help is this Zack Snyder guy. Yeah. Like, you can just take crayon to paper here. <laughs> you can make his wish come yeah. true. Yeah. Well, I think you guys just fucking stumbled on it. That's how we saw it save Marvel movies. Put, put the creative control in the hands of kids who are about to die. Oh, that's brilliant. Because they're like... I don't have time to, like, build up no, to, like... No, I'm not building the universe here. Yeah. I'm telling my fucking story and, and I'm killing my character. And then Spider-Man walks into the arena and 17 villains come at him at once and he wins. Awesome. Yeah, done. Great, kid. What about you? What'd you think? I'm going to be controversial in that I'm, I, under, I, I agree with what you guys are saying about all of your likes for it, but I'm suspicious. But I've fallen for this so many times, and I think in previous yeah. episodes I've rated, I've said the same words and been like, oh, In Space with Zombies, I bet they'll be able to pull something cool out of this. They make great trailers, so blah, blah, blah. And I keep getting burned, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna 
like refuse the call this time and say I love robots. Ah, that's the bottom shot. Yeah, I'm gonna rate this the worst thing because just based on what I see from the trailer, I agree that they make dazzling, fun trailers. There's a lot of funny mm -hmm. lines in there, but I'm starting to pat them on the head for just doing the same trick every time. Right. Like, okay, you retrieve the stick. That's bare minimum now. Now I need you to shake. Now I need you to like balance a treat on your nose and you're not doing any of those things, so. So Sean, your hammer, mm -hmm. so your microphone mm -hmm. has been smashed. I feel like you need to go on your own self-discovery with these comic book movies. Okay, well one, I'm, I know that my spidey sense is tingling for this new Punisher show. Okay. Because I understand the Punisher to be a brooding, like fucking just like, shoot me now kind of character. Mm -hmm. And that trailer is looking like it's giving me that. Mm -hmm. So I'm into that. I'm very interested to see, like in our last conversation, like well, what what's the image movie's gonna be like? But mm -hmm. I'd be interested to see like what these like sweet tooth movies or like maybe other comic properties that just like do not have the money to do mm. a Marvel DC style comic book movie doing a comic book movie on an indie level I know we've seen that are you into like super I guess or something yeah, like that yeah are you into superheroes or do you want to like get away from superheroes I think maybe I want to open it up more to comic book Mm -hmm. movies rather than superhero comic book movies like this like sex criminals yeah oh yeah no like, sex criminals like, would be great that'd be a great movie and sweet tooth would be a fantastic hbo series or like that crossed thing that keith is always talking oh, about like that sounds like that would be the most amazing card have you heard of thing. why the last man yeah like that hasn't that been in like a potential well, development for just so like long. Eva? Supposedly it was going to be done by the team that did Eagle Eye and Disturbia with okay. Shia LaBeouf playing York Brown, the lead character. So you think I? So let's go with Why the Last Man. It's like a post-apocalyptic compared to like something else with a lot of special effects and like superpowers and whatnot. You think that would be like a cheaper one to like produce and make? It's just yeah. this just doesn't have the name appeal, I guess. Yes, that's very true. We're in the height of comic book movies. Yeah. If you just said, and a comic book. Well, I think we're in the height of superhero yeah. films. Okay. Right now, comic books are being more well adapted to television series and like mm -hmm. The Gifted, the new Fox show, yeah. is actually pretty damn good. Or like the and creature on the yeah, Legion, Legion was, was pretty good. goddamn good. And supposedly because of Legion and The Gifted, the new X-Men movie coming out, The New Mutants, oh, is God. based in that world. And this last X-Men movie, X-Men Dark Phoenix, I think is going to bridge the gap. Okay. And they're going to like do something, because I think we're in the 90s now in mm. the next X-Men film, right. and I think it's going to catch up to what we are now. And if that's the Ooh. case, it's going to be like this really dark, like the, all the mutant stories will be like dark and scary and weird and like mm -hmm. very othering of the mutants. And I think that's a good way to go. But again, that's not Hollywood. Yeah. That's that's Bloomhouse shit. Exactly. That's like micro budget shit. And, and yeah, I kind of scoffed at that new mutants thing. I haven't watched the trailer for it, but Swank was telling me the other day about it. And I was like, oh, that could go a lot of ways. It yeah. seems like we're mutants in a haunted house is like a pretty silly thing, but Maybe just blending the superhero movie with the horror movie, just this kind of genre mashup thing, is going to spark my interest more because it's a little less for this particular formula. Right. I don't know. No, but you're right, though, because like people can say superhero film and people understand you know, exactly, exactly what they're talking about, and that wasn't the case over 10 years ago. 
Yeah, I don't. I I don't know. I'm just looking for something different, and and I don't how to rework the the Thor Ragnar movie so that I like it. I I would be happy with the tournament movie if it was just that. But I I I just think that's the throwaway joke to introduce them. It's gonna like not even get the laugh in the theater from me because they already got it from me from the trailer. You think now that the Marvel does have an audience, they have a built-in audience. You think they would be able to take more chances where like. Your third Thor movie does not need to be an end of the world story. Good call. It, it well, could be just be like Thor goes to a gladiator planet and he just fights in a tournament and that's the whole movie. And if you want your big movie, that's the Avenger movie. But didn't they kind of get screwed when they tried that with Ant Man? Like, wasn't that divergent from the cataclysmic yeah. end of the world thing? Yes, and that, it was. therefore it didn't get the dap that it mm-hmm. maybe. Deserved for trying something different. I enjoyed that man a lot. I think I did too. I'll have to rewatch it. But yeah. it's just a heist movie. Right. Right. And that's a cool spin on the superhero movie. Yeah. I mean, did it not do well? Compared to yeah. Avengery thing. But it's also called Ant Man. <laughs> which is yeah, which is the thing. It's like so it's speaking to what you're talking about, it's like taking chances on smaller property fringe characters or whatever is maybe like what you can try to do when you're at the height of your money making but Mm -hmm. you can only do that for so long because you know you can make gajillions by just doing Thor 4 Avengers Mm -hmm. 9 like but I agree with you there's something George Clooney said back in the day uh, because it was right after um, his third directed film came out it was like everyone was just going gaga over Confessions of a Dangerous Mind Mm -hmm. and he said that you do the big budget so you can pay for the indie budget. And mm-hmm. then you do the big budget to pay for the indie, and you just do this back and forth. And he's like, I don't know why Hollywood doesn't do this. And it's like, that's a good I think good it's call. because it requires the intention to make something artistic in the first ah, place. Ah, yes. And that's where I think whatever entities hold the purse strings for these movies are kind of like, they're the last word on if we're going to spend money on this thing. Because it's like, well, why make the little movie at all? Right. Yeah. Especially because if they were making it, like, I could see them coming into Ant-Man and being like, oh, yeah, that's nice. Here, do this now. Be mm-hmm. like, but I don't know. That's not this film. It's like, yeah, but we own it and we need a fight. Right. So, yeah. Well, hopefully one day one of us will get the, up to the top brass and let them know, you know, what's what and yeah. maybe things will change. But We'll do it Punisher style. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do it Dogma yeah. style. We'll just walk into the board meeting and start whispering dark secrets in their ears. <laughs> Ryan Covington... Do this for us, will Yes, you? please, Ryan. Get, get, get your Hollywood connects to do the right thing here. It's really funny, uh, going back to the comics, Thor Ragnarok mm-hmm. was uh, the ending of uh, the Thor series, and he like, he, like, died in it, and he, like, stayed dead in the Marvel Universe oh. for quite some time. Okay. And it was a very serious comic book. What is Ragnarok? What does that mean? From what I understand, it comes from the Norse mythology of the end of the gods. And so they all wore and they die, and it restarts everything. And so these Norse gods basically are living their life knowing that at some point Ragnarok will happen, and they will all fight and die, and then they'll just get reborn again. So it's this constant cycle. So that makes it even more confusing. If all the gods, that would include Thor then, and Hela, would get, they die, and they get reincarnated as different people, this would be the perfect time to introduce that new Thor, but we know that can't happen because we have Infinity, Infinity War, War yeah. coming. Ah, fuck. But see, maybe Infinity Thor is going to do that. Maybe Infinity Thor is going to introduce 
all of these new characters, and that will be the origin story for them. And so the next set of Marvel Universe, uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe films, female Thor, Muslim, Miss Marvel, mm -hmm. Black Spider-Man, they don't need to be the origin. I hope that that's their, <laughs> their names, too. Black Spider-Man, and, and then all, like, the Trump supporter people are like, oh, cool, like, when Spider-Man had the black costume, like, no, wait, what? <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> I want him black on the outside, not black on the inside of the outside. Um, I mean, fuck. Okay, so that's. I mean, that that's a good hook. There is like, so our Thor in this movie is kind of going through this existential crisis. What am I without my hammer or whatever? Great time to kill the character. Right, right. Not gonna happen. I don't think I trust him to do it. No, and they definitely didn't play it up in the trailer. Mm -hmm. No, no, that is gonna happen. You think they kind of. Pimp that out a little more. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, and they show you that scene too, where it's like he gets his powers back, and I hate that shit. Like, oh yeah, you see whole, him getting the lightning. Right, yeah. the whole time we're watching it, and he's like, oh, he's depowered. Oh no, what's Thor gonna do? Oh, that's what he's gonna do. It, At the I, very end of the movie, he's gonna get his fucking powers yeah. back. Because in the trailer, you're supposed to set up these things. Like, he says, like, what god are you? It's like that's a pretty good line. Like, he's seen so many gods, he's mm. like doesn't even know who Thor is, and he's like. I'm the god of thunder. Mm. See, and I was yeah. like, "Oh, okay." Well. Prove it in the movie, not in the like. Ask the questions in the trailer. Answer yeah. them in the movie, and that's still I don't know. Don't go geostorm on this shit. <laughs> well, let's kill this trailer review just like they should kill Thor. <laughs> by cow, cow, cow. Yeah. Did you still like you, Mom? I did. Here, there's another one. Crackathoom. Perfect. That was Thor Ragnarok. We're the same, you and I. Just a couple of hot-headed fools. Yeah, same. Hulk like fire, mm. Thor like water. Well, kind of both like fire. But Hulk like raging fire, Thor like smoldering fire. <laughs> and that's the episode! Ooh, wakamoo! Uh, <laughs> thank you to our guest, Neil McLaughlin, for coming here to my home. <laughs> <laughs> not a weird way to say that. Uh, I don't think he's ever been here before, so it's, you know, it's nice to have new people come through the joint. Yeah. I mean, you can just see him downtown if you want to see him. He's That's always true. He's walking always around. Neil is so ubiquitous with downtown and, and, and movie and nerdy culture stuff that my friends mm -hmm. have always referred to him as, quote-unquote, the guy, <laughs> because we'd always see him at, uh -huh. like, the movies we were at, or the comic book shops yeah. we were at, or whatever. He was just everywhere. So he, before we even knew his name, he was just the guy. That could have been his own, like, kind of comic book superhero name. Like, just oh, everywhere. There's the guy, and he's, mm -hmm. like, a master of... I was going to say master of disguise, but no, that's kind of the officer. Just the master of being himself. <laughs> Which is a good thing to be a master of, I think. That's a that's a hard uh, angle to work. Well, I'm a master of something. A, a baiting? Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you got it. <laughs> We've been doing this a long time. <laughs> I can hit your punchlines for you now. We have a website. We have a YouTube. We have the Twitter. We have the Facebook. Come support the show. Leave a review. We haven't had one of those in a while. We have... Our website, which is www.moviebabies.com, and Sean, yes. when you don't have time to watch a two-minute trailer, my man, <laughs> and that's the Movie Babies. <laughs>